Hi, everyone. I'm Brent Love, and this is the season finale of Hope Works, a podcast by Hope Surrogacy. That's right, everybody. Today's episode is the last episode of our second season. Today, we're wrapping up the season by introducing you to two incredible parents, Ashley and Dave. Ashley and Dave are the proud mom and dad of a beautiful baby boy named Brigham, and I've never met anyone more proud to be parents. But when they started trying to have a baby, they never imagined that this journey would take them all over the country, through heartaches and false starts, through clinics and medical trials, through loss and joy, and eventually to a surrogate who agreed to carry their baby until the day he was born. Ashley and Dave's road to parenthood transformed them. Empowered by the hope her surrogacy journey gave her, Ashley has shared much of her story on her blog, theborrowedbump.com. Through her writing and her online connections, Ashley has encouraged women around the country with a message that they aren't alone. Today, she and her husband share what kept them going in the hardest days. And together, they tell us just how sweet it is when you finally hold your baby in your arms. Okay. Hi, you guys. Hi. Hi, Brent. Um, so excited to be talking to both of you. Um, it has been a long time coming and obviously I've loved like following your story and getting to know you as we prepared for this podcast. And you guys have really been on quite a journey um, for a long time and you have so much cool stuff to share and a lot of ups and downs. And I'm really excited uh, that you're here to share with us. So thanks for doing it. Yeah, we're really excited as well. Thanks for having us. Yes. And I would really love to start like way before surrogacy was in the picture and just talk about when did you both know that you wanted to be parents? Um, I guess I'll go ahead and start with that. Uh, Knowing, knowing Ashley and getting to know her, um, I, that never even was a fragment in my mind of that. We wouldn't be amazing parents, uh, both individually and together. So, um, I think that was always, always on our bucket list to, uh, achieve parenthood and, Everything we just didn't really know that the journey was going to have so many twists and turns to get there. But uh, right, right from the get go, um, like when you Ashley, started like dating, like where you're like, okay, no, this is this is families <laughs> in the future if we yeah. like end up together. Yeah, Ashley's going to. She, she might have had a little bit longer wait. Um, <laughs> I, I was like rolling out the red carpet for her uh, after the first date, but uh, so, so I'd say right away, I, uh, I. I <laughs> fell head over heels for her and uh but she made me work pretty hard to to, to win her over so, so. okay <laughs> okay ashley is that right or were you like oh it's um... so right <laughs> <laughs> dave was like i feel like dave was like throwing out baby names and he's like i've got you know, so many nieces and nephews and blah, 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 like selling himself on being a dad, I feel like from day one. Wow. Okay. So, so Ashley, we're, I mean, like, have you always known that you wanted to be a mom? Did that come, when did that come into your life? Always, always, always. Um, I was the girl that even as a little girl, like dolls, I never really liked Barbies. I loved being a mom and just, um, 
like all my baby dolls. I just never, ever envisioned not being a mom. Um, I met Dave kind of later in life. Um, well, we started dating when I was about 30. And before then, when I was single and dating people, I remember it was never like a fear of mine to not be mar- married. It was in my fear, fear of mine to not have kids. I just wanted to be a mom forever. Um, so when you got together, like did those conversations just started right away? I mean, it sounds like it was like Dave had to prove he was going to be a yeah. dad. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd say that, uh, yeah, we definitely, uh, bonded pretty quickly, uh, in this, in the subject of, you know, having kids after, after all the other steps had taken place. So for sure. Do you, I mean, you said you have a bunch of nieces and nephews. Do you come from a big family? Uh, no, I don't, but I'm just the youngest of, I have two older sisters that both have larger families. So, so I've, I've played the uncle role for, for quite some time. Yeah. I think we Uh, had 11 nieces and nephews when we met uh, between the two of us. So we're both Uh the youngest of, we both have two older sisters. So being an aunt and uncle were like our two favorite roles, I feel like. And, and, and probably a little bit of practice for what you hoped would come, right? Yes. <laughs> so um, how long, let's see, when did you guys really get serious about like family planning and, um, and, and deciding to move forward? Obviously you got married. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. At what point were you like, okay, like we're going to do this. We're going to try to have kids. Um, probably within, I mean, gosh, Dave, six months. Um, I mean, we were ready. We knew, like I said, we were older and so we knew we wanted to be parents. So that was definitely something we wanted to jump right into. Yeah. Yeah. She's, that's about right. About how long ago was that? Like, when did you get married? Um, Uh, we got married in 2012. So seven years ago, it's been a really long ride. (laughs) Yeah. I'd say beginning of 2013, we were starting to, yeah. Um, do you remember kind of what you were thinking and feeling at that time when you started and like, I, you know, I obviously was, didn't know what was coming. I mean, I've always been excited, but I just figured, oh gosh, you like, you, you know, we're going to be giving up our, um, <laughs> you know, our, our independence, our, our, <laughs> I was really excited about it, but just assumed that it would be like, okay, well, it's going to be about it nine months out. So let's, you know, enjoy, enjoy our happy hours and, you mm-hmm. know, everything that we could do whenever we wanted. Um, so had no idea what we were, what we were actually getting ourselves into to, to get our, our child and hopefully children here. Yeah. Yeah. We were really naive. I, um, like a few years back, I found an email that I had sent to my sister just saying, we've decided we're going to start trying. I'm so excited. And, I just like look at myself, that's, you know, 2013, how naive and excited and easy I thought that it would be. Yeah. It's kind of sad to look back at. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like we've had our own, like, it's like growing up from being a little kid to being a mature adult in that time frame in the, in the world of, of becoming parents. I mean, it's, you know, we were so, so inexperienced and so naive in terms of what, what actually we would go through. So, yeah. And also, I mean, really hopeful, really, you were like living in a lot of hope and kind of anticipation. Yeah. Um, 
and I, and I th- from talking to other parents, like often as like people will say, like you try so hard not to get pregnant for a long time, and then yeah, <laughs> you know, or you're told you know not to be pregnant and until you whatever you know, and then and then you try and you're like, wait a second, this is like yeah, supposed to happen. Yeah. So what can I ask then kind of what happened next? Um, so we finally uh, went to a fertility doctor or a nurse practitioner here in Omaha. And um, we got pregnant on our first round of Clomid, which looking back again, seems completely crazy. Um, and so that was obviously so exciting. We were, we were just Oh, we were so thrilled. I like, we'll never forget how happy we were. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was amazing. And that was kind of the start of this entire tough journey. You got pregnant on this first round um, of Clomid. I don't actually even know what that is, to be honest. So it's a pill. You take like a pill for four days and oh. it, yeah, I mean, it's, it can be really tough for some people, but you take the pill and, um, it helps produce a follicle or yeah. maybe two. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of before you do IV or IUIs and shots, um, you might do Clomid first. So and just a, kind and of a easy. follicle is like for people who don't know what that is, it's where the embryo will start. That's kind of yep. like the starting of it. And you have to develop the follicle in order to have a place for the embryo to be in. Yep. There's way more technical things about it, but exactly. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but I know that much. So when you yeah. say follicle, it's like critical for the pregnancy process. And so you got pregnant in a way that, you know, now looking back, you is pretty easy compared to other things that you ended up having to go through. So kind of what happened next? Um, so unfortunately that was pretty short lived. Um, we ended up miscarrying right before our 10 week mark. Mm. And, um, I remember like, it was so hard, but we were so hopeful that we got pregnant. So it, I mean, we, yeah, we were so hopeful. Um, I remember saying to my doctor, like, it's okay if this happens to me because I have a friend that's been through two rounds of IVF and I would rather have her continue her pregnancy than me because we've just started. And, um, I still think about me saying that so many times and, um, just again, how naive and hopeful we were. So, um, we had a DNC right away to remove the the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did not get the placenta out, which is definitely, um, a possibility with DNCs that I think a lot of women don't really understand. Um, like when you were, when I was in my shoes, I just wanted it to end as soon as possible. I wanted to move on. And so yeah. we did the surgery to remove it. Um, and we did fertility right after that. The doctor had realized that they didn't get the placenta out. So I went back in to have another surgery to get the placenta out um, two months later. Wow. And that's when I got so much scarring in my uterus that um, that's when pretty much everything started happening. So um, my uterus scarred, my cervix scarred, and um, we ended up having to get a second opinion. And that's when they diagnosed me with Asherman syndrome. Um, which is a lot of people who use surrogates have Asherman's. So 
Can I can I ask what that means? Yep. So Asherman's is scarring of the uterus. Um, it can be really, really mild um, or moderate or severe. And um, a lot of, like I ended up having another surgery to remove the Asherman's, um, this, remove the scar tissue. Mm-hmm. And the doctor had said that I had a 96% chance that my uterine lining would come back and we would be able to carry a child. So again, very hopeful. Um, Asherman's is a lot more common than people realize. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, a DNC is risky that it can cause Asherman's. So we were pretty hopeful that we would probably be in the 96% that my uterine lining would come back. And then my uterine lining never did come back. So That is... Um really hard and I also feel like I I identify with kind of going into scary things and just believing that it's going to go well Mm -hmm. you know Um, and for you guys it wasn't going well then right we had um, so my lining just you know we tried lots of IUIs we tried IVF We went to a top clinic in the country. I did different trials for my thin lining. Um, I mean, I did hyperbaric oxygen therapy where I would lay in a a big chamber um, for an hour and a half. This is like a medical trial? Yeah. Yep. So, um, I mean, it was kind of a side thing that the clinics were doing, but it was helping some women with their thin lining. And again, we would try anything. So Dave and I went to Colorado for 11 days. And I would go lay in this, you know, they'd zip it up and <laughs> it was really scary at first. Um, but I would lay in there for an hour and a half. And um, I'm sorry, are they zip, are, what are they zipping you into? I'm, this, so they put I'm you like, in a big chamber. It kind of uh-huh. looks like a tanning bed, but then it okay. all closes up and she looks like like an astronaut being launched into space inside like a pill capsule. Oh so. <laughs> Like I am a little claustrophobic, so that is a nightmare. Yeah. Same. It was awful. Like you get used to it, but they turn the machine on and you also have to wear an oxygen mask. So you have that as well. So I would just sit in there and I could bring my cell phone in so I could text Dave um, or Mm -hmm. give him like a thumbs up. But yeah, it was not, I was willing to do it because I thought for sure it would increase my lining, but we would go to the clinic, you know, every other day and it just, it didn't do anything for my scar tissue. Do you remember what it felt like to be going through those things? Like, like what was keeping you going? Cause I, I don't know. That's a lot to try to do for one person. I mean, I know you're both in it, but if I can be a little frank, like it really, Ashley, it's your body that is having to go through a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. I mean, all of the things actually. Yeah. So what is like keeping you going at that point? Because I think a lot of people would probably not do all of that or, yeah. or, or would have a hard time for sure. Yeah. It was so hard. Um, I mean, I, I just feel like it was my only option to become a mom and for us to have a child was for me to try every single trial out there. Anything that any clinic has been doing, I was going to try it because I was going to do that for 
us to become parents and for me to carry a child. And so, um, I mean, I don't, I'm sure there were days that I wanted to give up, but I don't really remember those days. Like it just wasn't, you just get up and you do it. Like that's the cross that, that's my cross to bear. And I, I had to do it. So I just did it. So how can, how long is this time period that you're trying all of these things to become pregnant? Um, let's see. So that all started in January of 2014, the pregnancy. Um, and then we continued trying all of these different, uh, medical and natural things, um, up until 2016. So two full years of working on my lining. What made you like, like, what was the turning point where you were like, okay, I've tried a lot of things. It's been a couple of years. Like, what was the moment where you're like, okay, we need to try something different. Um, we had a couple of doctors who had mentioned surrogacy being an option. And honestly to us, like, I mean, it was not an option at all. I was never not going to carry my own child. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's why we continue to keep trying. But I'll never forget one time um, Dave and I were in Colorado. I don't know if it was during the hyperbaric oxygen um, time frame, but Dave and I were staying in this little lodge and nothing was working. It just every day I'd go to the clinic and nope, it still looks the same. And I just I did like have my breaking point in this lodge just hysterically crying. And I remember writing. I always loved to journal and I was writing and I called my best friend and I just said, you know, there's no way I'm going to use a surrogate. That sounds awful. Like there's no way. Mm -hmm. And she said, Ashley, I just, I know you don't want to use a surrogate, but I feel like you're, you know, you're kind of becoming obsessed with being pregnant. And that's not really the end goal. You know, you could have the exact same thing that all of us girls do if you would maybe look at a different avenue. And I remember, you know, just kind of thinking that was a little crazy for her to say, but it just mm. stuck with me. I kept thinking like, well, really we want a child. It's not that we want to be pregnant. I mean, we did, but we wanted to be parents. And so mm. that's when I started thinking you know, yeah. a little bit differently. Dave, do you remember what that time period was like for you? Yeah, it's, you know, just hearing Ashley recap because she's really, really good with dates and everything. But uh, it's, it's really surreal at this point to think about all that she went through and then um, to, I don't know, like, I felt like I was very much a part of it, but you do feel like a sense of even, I don't know, like I, I was still on the outside looking in and watching, you know, her just climb mountains to, and yes, I'm there. And I, it's by no means am I, am I saying that the, the other partner isn't um, a, a huge uh, asset and sure, gives sure. their support and, different forms, but it still is uh, a sense of helplessness and a sense of like, oh my gosh, like I, 
like guilt and watching what they're going through, uh, because it's to help me too. And to, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, kind of how I felt. Um, was there, was there a moment where you really felt like kind of how heavy it was during that time or like kind of what, how big it was that what you're trying to do and all you were going through together? Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, every time that we would finish a, uh, you know, a medical trial or, um, a lining check and receive news that nothing had changed. It just felt like, you know, I, I just hated like seeing, you know, her face and, uh, and, and just knowing like that it's going to be, you know, it's going to be several days, if not weeks of, of, you know, going through, you know, kind of, kind of regrouping and Hey, what's the next step? What, what's our, you know, what, what haven't we tried? What, what can we try more of, uh, you know? So, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, there were several moments like that, mm-hmm. several moments. Yeah. I feel like, um, I mean, I feel like there was a long phase of our life that was, it, it was just like, overwhelmingly sad. We just, we both wanted this so bad and we're both such positive people. Um, I feel like we're really good people. And it's just like, (laughs) like, you're just like, why me? What did I do in my life to deserve this? You know, and you just feel you're just so sad. And then on the flip side, you're like, you know, one of my best friends was going through brain cancer at the time, which ended up taking her life. And I remember thinking, gosh, I mean, I'm really lucky, you know? And so you try and just get a grip and and think everything's okay, but it's so hard. And I do, I feel like the longer you do it, like you're always going to fall and each sad appointment or each negative pregnancy test hurts so bad. Um, And I feel like especially me, like I would fall just as hard, but I feel like the longer that we did it, the getting up was so much easier. You know, it wouldn't take Mm. a few days. Like I might fall today, but tomorrow I am like, okay, what are we going to do next? You know, I'm ready. I'm ready for the challenge. So. there's one word that you could describe Ashley as, uh, it, it's definitely grace. Um, she doesn't get, I mean, she gets phased, but you don't, you can't tell from the outside looking in and nearly as much as, you know, you know, the storm that's actually going on inside. And so it's, it's, but she does, does such a, such a tremendous job of putting her game face back on and and let's let's get back to it. Let's you know she knows the power of positivity, and I think that's definitely carried us a long ways. So, let's be I, honest, I'm... Dave. You've seen a lot. Of, <laughs> you've seen a lot of tears. <laughs> I wasn't always yeah. just positive, and <laughs> no, no, but you, but it wouldn't ever last for long, long periods. I mean, yeah, you you always would bounce back in a pretty timely fashion, which you know, oftentimes totally shocked me because I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I, 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 I'm not even going through these treatments nearly as much, phys- you know, physically as you. And it's so, 
Dave, do you remember like kind of the turning point where you felt like, okay, we are going to go a different way? Yeah, I think it, it, it was crossing my mind that it, you know, again, I was very much in, you know, denying that we were going to have to go that route. I, I remember everything from beginning Clomid and being like, uh, we'll never have to do, we're not going to have to do the IUI. Oh, we're not going to have to do IVF. Oh, we're not going to have to do IVF eight or nine times um you know and, and it was always yeah. like this downward spiral of and then you re you accept your new the new conditions and you move forward and so um it, it was it, that was a big step though that was a huge the biggest one that we ever took was um deciding that was going to be you know our our next our next our next step and and so yeah it was it was tough but it was freeing too. Once we accepted it, we we're like, oh gosh, this all of a sudden <laughs> opened up the the world that we're, you know what, we can finally maybe breathe and relax and let it's gonna be a you know, a team that's gonna help make our family and and we're okay with that at, at that point. And then and then, you know, that well, we'll get into that in a in a bit. But that yeah. that was a pretty amazing experience. So. so how did it start? What did you do first? Um how did you kind of start how much did you know and where did you find the information you needed and yeah where where did it all begin for surrogacy <clears throat> um i had you know i've mentioned to you that i've got this crazy um support of online mm -hmm. women um i met a lot of the women um on resolve.org oh, and yeah. yeah my fertility counselor had suggested that i go on there just for kind of research and to connect with other women. And I mean, some of these women became like my best friends through that phase and a hundred percent could not have made it through it without them. So, wow. cause they actually understood exactly how it felt. So, um, I had a friend named Nancy and I met her online um, I had never met her in person, but we would email each other every day. And she was also, we called ourselves the thin lining girls. Hmm. And um, she tried and tried and tried. And we would email each other, like basically from the parking lot of our doctor's appointment for our lining checks. And she decided to um, pursue surrogacy before I did. And so she's she's very good, knowledgeable. You know, she researched everything and she went with a different agency, but um, she really helped me with all of that. And she just mm -hmm. kind of kept saying from the sidelines, like, Ashley, it's not that bad. You know, just look into this. I, if I can do this, you can do this. And so she was really a huge source mm -hmm. of information for me. Wow. So when did you finally reach out? Did you reach out to Mary first or how did that work? Yeah, I had reached out to... Um, the agency that Nancy worked with first and mm -hmm. had a call with them and, um, it was okay. And then, um, somebody had referred me to Mary as well. So we had a call scheduled and, um, I remember using my hour lunch break for that call. And I think mm -hmm. it was two hours long. Um, <laughs> but it was like the best, I mean, I hung up feeling so excited and, I just remember telling me how long she's been doing this and she knew everything. And she just, within a few minutes, seemed like a girlfriend to me. And 
we hung up and I was like, we are 100% going with her. She's wow. unbelievable. She's so amazing. Did you, f- did you feel like you were changing already starting to change your perspective about like what surrogacy could be for your family? Cause I know you were nervous about it first, like really kind of anxious about it. Yeah. I feel like between Mary and then my friend and other women that I had met online, you know, they gave me hope and they told me stories and, when you, I mean, when I first started thinking about surrogacy, um, I just had so many fears and I'm sure they are the same fears that a lot of just people in general have. I, I remember thinking we're going to do weekly drug screens, um, (laughs) you know, weekly alcohol test, everything. And then you realize that's not what it's like at all. It's, Mm -hmm. uh, these women are amazing, you know? And so, um, I just feel like Mary's knowledge helped me realize how awesome it can be. We live in Nebraska, so we didn't know anybody that had ever yeah. used a surrogate, you know? And so, um, yeah, it was awesome to meet her and, and figure things out. Dave, do you remember what you were anxious about before you got into surrogacy? Uh, yeah, I mean, there was all of it got squashed. But I would say it was uh, nervous about nervous for Ashley, for one, like knowing that she's giving that part up um, for the greater good of of, you know, bringing our son here. Mm-hmm. But just kind of along for the ride in, in many ways and, and wondering how this all how this all will all work out. So, yeah, but it. it as we went through the process, it just everything got squashed. It was uh, like I wasn't you know, it didn't last forever. So what was the next step that you guys took? So you talked with Mary. So what happened after that? Um, I guess after filling out our application and deciding to go with them, we went to Madison and met them. Um, and that was really fun to get to know them. We did our psyche eval. Um, so at what point then did you get matched with your surrogate? Oh man, Dave, do you remember that weight? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was surprisingly faster than yeah. I think what, what we thought, but it was still, still a long time. So, yeah. I mean, it just, it was more like in our head, you know, they were doing a great job, but those days seemed so slow. You're just so anxious. And yeah. I just kept thinking Mary was going to call me. It just, yeah. my anxiety day, was basically. out of control. Yeah. I'm sure you remember, like, it's yeah. just, ah, who are you going to well, be? And you, and you were, I mean, you had just come out of like two years of fertility treatments. Yeah. And we were actually still, um, we were still doing IVF treatments. So okay. about every other month, um, I was doing a round of IVF. So that was keeping me busy, but also keeping me a little crazy, um, being on our, all of the hormones and just, looking for something hopeful, like, come on, Mary, give me a match, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Were you, can I ask, were you creating embryos at that time? Yes. Yep. Yep. And then you, you had embryos in the freezer. Yeah. When we decided to use a surrogate, we only had one. Mm -hmm. And then, um, we ended up before we got pregnant, creating another. And then, you know, while we were pregnant, I still did IVF and I made three more embryos for our future. Yeah. So 
Um, you, you're waiting and you finally get a call from Mary. Do you remember what that felt like? Yeah. When you finally got a call that there was a match? Yes, I remember exactly where I was in my car. I was driving home from work and I was just getting off of um, the just getting off on my exit and Mary calls and she said, okay, I have a match. Um, but I'm not going to give you any information until Dave's on the phone. And, (laughs) (laughs) and so I drove, I mean, I was only like five minutes from home, but I got home. (laughs) I'll never forget. I, I bet Dave doesn't remember this part. I walked in, you know, threw my stuff down, like Mary Murphy has a match for us. Oh my gosh, Dave, we have to call her right now. This is so exciting. And Dave's like, okay, but Dave was like, I hold on. I need to get, you know, a drink and I need to run upstairs and change and do a few things, which is so his personality and so not Mm. mine. And so it seemed to take forever. And then we called her and she started to tell us about Amy and it was so exciting to hear a few things about somebody who may carry our baby. Yeah. Do you remember what some of those first things were that you heard? <sighs> um, yeah, I know I was taking notes. She said that she was married um, to Robbie and had two kids, very laid back, um, just a huge sweetheart that was really excited. And, you know, she hadn't told Amy about us yet. So, I remember that whole night being so nervous. What if Amy didn't like anything Mm. about us, you know? And um, yeah, she, you know, the next morning, luckily Mary called and said, okay, she liked your information too. So I'm going to send you her application. And I just remember um, Mary for the subject line, put cuteness personified. And she put that, like her application was so cute. Yeah. Okay, so um, what like what ha- what happened next? There's a there's an actual match meeting, right? That you have to go and actually meet Amy and Robbie, um, and actually meet face to face. When did that happen, and how did it happen? So that happened a couple weeks after, and Dave and I went to Wisconsin um, to Madison, and Amy and Robbie went there as well, and. Um, the drive just from the hotel to um, Mary's office was so nerve wracking. It's like (laughs) you're getting set up with somebody. You don't know if you are supposed to shake their hand or hug them or, you know, what do you do? And you walk into this room. Of course they were there before us. And I remember they got up and gave us, Amy hugged us. And I think Robbie shook our hands, but man, it's just a lot of emotions looking at somebody that, might carry your child and might bring hope for your family and be a solution. Yeah. I, I, I'm like flashing back to (sighs) our match meeting um, with our surrogate. And I totally remember (laughs) a lot of emotions, the nerves and everything, but the biggest one was actually seeing her (sighs) on the couch, you know, sitting across the room uh, with her husband and just thinking, Oh my God. Like, this is a real person who will actually help us bring a baby into the world. Yes. Yeah. That's so incredible. It It was overcome. It was kind of like, you know, not to sound so cliche, but like literally seeing a superhero for the first time in your life, you know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, next, obviously next to Ashley. 
Oh. I mean, <laughs> for Bye. all that, but it it is. I mean, it it was pretty incredible. I was I was a little like uh, nervous, you know, about you know how would the would is the husband like irritated, or is he <laughs> mad, or is he going to you know be annoyed with the process? And but that quickly, you know, disseminated after getting to meet getting to know Robbie just in the first few minutes. So, but. Yeah. yeah, I uh, I think superheroes, right? It's like, I don't know how, like, it's like someone you're so, so, so anxious to meet, but you also can't imagine meeting them. And so when they're finally there in front of you, you're like, whoa, whoa, yeah. this is an actual real person. <laughs> yeah. just, it was all an idea before, yeah. you know? It's like, like just meeting a celebrity yeah. or something. It's like, yeah. I know that this kind of person exists, yeah. like in theory, but like this is a real person yeah. right in front of me. Yes. Um, okay, so you uh, you signed up with them. Like, yeah, that's the next thing. You start like doing all the paperwork. Yep. And the next thing that happens on most journeys is that you're, you know, getting ready to become pregnant. Um, can you describe kind of what that was like? What you had to do, and um, kind of what it was like to start building a relationship with your surrogate and her husband. Um, during that time? Yeah. Um, it was a lot of Amy and I texting back and forth, just kind of getting to know each other. And, um, it, I mean, it it just came so natural, but it, I don't know. Did you start doing like the, I mean, you're at this point you have frozen embryos. Were you trying to do a fresh, a fresh, uh, embryo transfer for, you know, your, pregnancy or were you going to just do the frozen embryos? We were going to do the frozen. So yeah. So by the time we met her, we had two frozen embryos. Um, yeah. So we started to, you know, ship them to the right place and Amy got working on her med clearance. Yeah. I know. Also, It's like such science fiction sometimes. Like it's real. It's not fiction, but you feel like sometimes you're living in like a science fiction novel. You're like, wait, this, this, embryo is going from this city to that city yes. and this other person's going to come here and 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 amy's doing her meds at that time yep right yep so she um, was doing those like a champ was how what was that like to see because you'd been doing meds for a long time what was yeah. it like to have uh have amy there with you and see her kind of going through this process for her which would have been the first time yeah it was hard to you know have her start hormones and her pregnancies were obviously natural. So it was hard to watch her do that. But I mean, it was also, obviously I had the knowledge to kind of coach her and explain Mm -hmm. which shots hurt and, you know, so, but she's just such a champ. She never, she's just so laid back. She never complained or Mm. said anything negative that would make me feel bad. Do you, um, do you remember that, Dave? Do you remember the time of like when it was all getting started and you have this kind of these new people on your team, like you said? Yeah. Uh, and what you felt like, like when it was all starting? Yeah, it was. It's it's really weird to say, but um, all things considered, all that we had gone through, you know, obviously it wasn't like our this wasn't our first pick to to have to go through surrogacy wasn't Uh, your first option yeah exactly it wasn't our first option but they made it 
it, it all just, I don't know. It, it's actually like a really beautiful, amazing experience after, uh, you know, even during it, it was really, it was really fun. Um, yeah. getting together with them for, for dinner, we just jived really well. We, um, you know, Robbie is, and Amy, I mean, they're just both such amazing people and, and a lot of fun. Like I'd pick them as friends as well, yeah, you know, and totally. I, and they, they are. So yeah, it, it was kind of like getting this, you know, this really great, like, um, experience at the end of the road to finish, to finish our journey, to get baby number one here. And, and it just, yeah, I, I remember, Oh, go. Okay, sorry. No, no, you're you. fine. I was finished. Yeah. I I remember um, having this feeling that it was like a secret club or something. Yeah. You know, because you're like sitting there, like, you know, it's night, the kid, you know, well, no, we don't have kids at this point. Um, But I remember like you're sitting there at night and work is over and you kind of hit the couch and you're watching Netflix or whatever. That's what we do. I'm sure you guys uh, have your own thing. Um, But you're, you're texting with them and it's like so new and you just feel like, you're doing this really special thing together and it's yep. just, you know, really yeah. like the four yeah. of you. That's it felt great. so cool. It's a great yeah. way to describe it. It, it always would uh, cross my mind whenever we were meeting with them for lunch or dinner, like, gosh, if the server only knew <laughs> totally. who they were actually taking care of. I like wanted I mean, to this tell is, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like what do we need to tell them? Like you have no yeah. idea. These are pretty special people and we're doing uh-huh. a pretty exclusive thing here. So, <laughs> yeah it is it's like um it really felt like similar to dating like you're just mm-hmm. really getting to know each other and you're so excited yeah. when you hear from them and yeah you know it's just you're like smitten <laughs> yeah going into it we never really I never thought much about you know the surrogate's husband or whatever but mm-hmm. Dave and Robbie got so close like even at lunch, like, you know, they're just like (laughs) hitting it off and having so much fun talking about, I don't know, probably movie quotes or something, but it was just like, it really wasn't just Amy and I, it truly was the four of us. We had a text stream between the four of us and just the four of us had so much fun, you know? Yeah. That is so cool. That's so cool. Um, And Brent, can I also say something that like goes back a little bit. So one thing that I've told so many women, um, like through the years, because I know I've met people online and then Mary had people reach out to me and um, men as well. But the I felt like the hardest point of our entire journey was accepting to use a surrogate. And mm. those were it took a while for the hope to come. Like those days were really, really dark and it was so Mm. hard and it was, it was, it really was so depressing to know that that's the the turn that we were going to do. Um, you know, when you're interviewing agencies and wondering if you can really do that, that to me was the worst part of the entire journey was that. And then finally, Working, I mean, I feel like it's really important to work through that and be sad and lose the fact that you're not, you know, you're never going to carry a baby. You're never going to feel the kicks. You're, you're never going to experience what you always wanted to and what your friends did and your sisters did. You're not going to do that. And that was so, so very hard. 
Um, a lot of the times if, if Mary has somebody reach out to me, I tell them, I mean, thinking back to that point was the worst and darkest yeah. spot. But it was like really like right when you were just getting to the top of the really toughest part of your hike and getting up to the mountain. And I've never explained it like this, but you get to the mountain and you accept it and you meet Mary and you like have this whole new view. And it's just, it really is just hope. There's so much hope once you finally get there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So after that it was <laughs> it was like coming down from the mountain and everything after that truly was awesome it was the best ride ever i was gonna say it's just something i still tell people like there will always be a part of my heart that's broken like I just like picture myself being in a nursing home and yeah. looking back at my life and all the things we overcame and our beautiful family and everything, you know, but just being like, I, I never did get to carry a child. I didn't get to witness childbirth and any of that. And that is something I always wanted. So there will always be that heartache, but now being on the other side and being a mom it doesn't affect the way that I love my child or the way that I feel as a mom. It has, you know, no correlation. It's just, I, I will always be sad about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's everything that Ashley said, um, completely echo that. But then like, you know, the other side is we, we got to experience something so like, obviously not on our bucket list at first, but after going through it, it's like, wow. I mean, what a gift they gave us, but we also, I know that we, uh, you can consider that we gave them a gift of, of, uh, getting to have that experience and, and know that they, you know, be a real life superhero, um, for, you know, those nine months and, yeah. and really for life. So, so yeah, it, it really does have long lasting positive, you know, benefits as well. Yeah, it's crazy to think that your the pain that you're going through and the and the um, something that you know this bad that's happened to you is an opportunity for someone else. It sounds like a weird thing to say, mm -hmm. but I I do know like I obviously have talked to a lot of surrogates and it is a moment um, in their lives that they're so deeply proud of, yeah. and it is an opportunity for for them to be a version of themselves that they dream to be. Yeah. And the two exist together and you don't have one without the other. And so yeah. it is, it is um, an amazing thing to come out of something so difficult. Yeah. I, I always struggled to find the words to thank them. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, at, at the end of the day, you're right. I mean, it's, it, it is an opportunity for, for all parties and, and they're going to look back and remember this for the rest yeah. of their life too. So, I mean, Amy will be sitting in her nursing home being like, I did that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I did that. Yeah. Which is so cool. For sure. So, um, you're, so you're matched, uh, with your surrogate and you're getting along great. Um, what's the next big part of that story for you? Um, we, uh, went for the transfer. So okay. that was really, amazing. 
Um, Dave and I ended up, um, our football team, the Huskers were playing, um, in Evanston that weekend. So we went up and there were a ton of Nebraska people. And then we secretly, nobody knew we ended up staying in Chicago and, Mm -hmm. um, drove up to Highland park and, um, met Robbie and Amy for dinner. Um, and again, I was so nervous, (laughs) um, because we had only met them once, you know, and I put together a big gift package. And I remember walking in, we went to this tiny little Italian place that none of us will ever forget. And we walk in with this big basket and somebody says, oh, I thought that was a baby. <laughs> and oh. we just thought it was so ironic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so dinner was so much fun that night. Amy and I actually had the exact cardigan on um, from Target. How funny. Yeah. How funny. <laughs> so yeah, that was awesome. So do you remember what the transfer was like? Fast, very fast. Um, it was just, it was perfect and smooth and we had so yeah. much fun, you know, putting on the, um, the gowns and the footies and <laughs> what all that OR stuff, you know, making fun of each other. And, um, Amy took the volume and so she was, super <laughs> loopy. <laughs> um, she like never drinks or anything, you know, no medications. Uh-huh. And so I remember she said, the carpet matches the walls. <laughs> we were like, what? <laughs> I mean, we, we still make fun of her. But um, anyway, so the transfer was easy. Um, yeah. It was, you know, the doctor right after he transferred, he did something really special for me. Um, like, cause it, it was such a weird moment of watching your embryo go into mm-hmm. another woman. And like, that's the point that you really, you're letting go at that point because, yep. <laughs> you know, you've decided to do this. And so it was just, you know, you get a that's tear in your no eye. breaks anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like this is it. And kind of got tears in my eyes and the doctor pulled me aside and sent the other three out, um, Dave and Robbie and Amy. And, um, he pulled me back and took me back to the embryology lab to show me where my embryo had been thawed. <gasps> yeah, oh. it was just, it was really, um, wow. it was just really sweet. So it took me from that moment of, oh, what just happened? Why are we doing this to, oh, this is really cool, you know? So wow. it was a great segue just to kind of move, move on, you know? That's cool. Yeah. And then we walked out and we gave them a hug and Amy said, I'll see you at your 20 week appointment. And I remember thinking like, oh, you have no idea like how hard this really is. You know, it probably mm. won't work. Um, but she hadn't been through all that. So she was definitely a lot more hopeful than we were. Yeah. And um, and she took a test four days later and it was the most beautiful little faint positive pregnancy test we've ever seen. <laughs> mm, wow. It was so faint that Dave didn't even believe that it was positive. <laughs> and like, Dave, Dave's like, that's not positive. I'm like, Dave, I have taken hundreds of negative pregnancy tests. <laughs> I have seen stark white. There is a line, you know? And so Dave made me go take a pregnancy test to show him what a negative looks like compared to the very faint positive. <laughs> That's, great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. I, I, um, remember 
also that moment of getting like the the first like the very faint line and we i mean we must have looked at it a <laughs> hundred times that night is it really there is it really there we were texting it to you know some like <gasps> my mom and we texted it to mary and we're like do you see it do you see it you know um when did when did you start to feel like okay this is happening you know like this is not it's not a faint positive it's like a like I mean, because you have to see it, Ooh, the numbers yeah. go up. Is that right? Yeah, and our test—I mean, it did get darker, but then it would get lighter. I mean, we uh. tested like twice a day until our beta, and it was—it <laughs> was not fun. Um, just it just didn't—you didn't know if it was getting darker, and you know, so yeah. That once we got the positive beta, then you know we're like, oh my gosh, we are pregnant. This is awesome. The beta is the blood test yeah. where they're really officially kind of like a doctor is looking very closely at all of the results to make sure that it's a positive pregnancy. So it's way more kind of in-depth medically yes. than a pregnancy test you would take at home. Yes. Yep. And that was positive. And that's eight weeks. Is that right? No, it was um, 10 days after the tra- nine nine days after the transfer. Oh. So, yeah. So pretty quickly after. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then what happens next? What happens next for you guys? Um, you're going Dave. through your... I would say, like, I just couldn't believe it. I was so excited. Um, I just, it was... It was. Were, like you still, a, it was, were there any nerves still? Like I imagine, like we oh, were yeah. so nervous, and we well, there was been there was nerves in that in that like okay, well, it's it's only this far in, so we gotta like we gotta keep seeing that you know happen and, and mm-hmm. the long waiting game and everything, but um, it just I couldn't believe how easy it it went, you know, in terms of getting that positive, and then um, it was like okay, so this is how a normal pregnancy is supposed to, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was still, you know, even though it was a normal pregnancy with everything we'd been through, you know, we didn't get to feel the normal (laughs) um, excitement. And that wasn't because it was surrogacy. Like just after so much IVF, you're like, yeah, I mean, I I didn't believe it till he was born. Yeah. 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 Yep. Exactly. Did you know at that point, when was the, like, when would be the next time you would, when was the next time you saw them, Amy and Robbie? We didn't get to see them until the um, 20 week ultrasound. Wow. Um, so how, what are you doing in between the transfer and the 20 week ultrasound? So um, until, you know, we didn't really start telling people for a while. We both told a few people, um, mm-hmm. but like our, our parents didn't know. Um, we kept everything a secret. So it was really like, you know, Dave and I secret inside this house and then, you know, a couple sisters and friends, um, but really just a big secret. And so just um, (sighs) trying to contain our nerves. I feel like I did a ton of writing. Um, I journaled everything we felt when we got the positive test and then the positive blood test. I I kept track of all of that so we could share it with our families. Um, And then we did get to share it with our families, which was awesome you know that was such a fun fun part to tell um you know our parents so how did you tell them um for us our our family tradition and my sisters did it my parents did it 
you give your parents a brick and you write something on it. So um, this, my parents had already had five grandkids and um, we had, you know, unfortunately we gave them a brick before um, mm-hmm. that didn't lead to, you know, a live baby. And so we decided we wrote on the brick and we wrote finally baby Klein due in June. And we took my parents out for dinner And that was also a funny moment, speaking of surrogacy, because um, the restaurant, they knew that we were going to announce to our parents that we were expecting a baby. Um, But here I am drinking wine. Um, You know, (laughs) I just remember starting to get all anxious that I'm sitting here drinking wine and the entire staff is waiting for me to announce I'm pregnant. And um, so the... The restaurant was so great and they wrapped my brick up as bread. And I remember I snuck back and I said, hey, just so you know, we're actually using a surrogate. So I'm not pregnant because <laughs> <laughs> I was really worried, obviously, about yeah. that. But so they brought the brick out and my mom, you know, I said, you can start with the bread. And she took the white linen off of it and my mom is super chatty and that's the first time I've ever seen her speechless. It was like the best moment, you know, just for her to read finally. And that was awesome. Yeah. We told Dave's mom that night too. Wow. Wow. There's a lot of moments in this story that you're like, you've waited for a long time to have that moment. Yeah. It's heavy. Mm-hmm. In a good way, but like it's happening, you know? Yeah. It's happening yeah. at that moment. And we yeah. really wanted it to be a surprise, you know, because everything, yeah. they had known everything. And so um, Mary had posted all, uh, probably like 10 pregnancy tests of Amy's positives on Facebook one day. Mm-hmm. And I happened to be at my mom's house and my mom said, why did your agency post this stream of negative pregnancy tests? <laughs> um, <laughs> she, I'm like, well, if you did IVF for, you know, 20 years, you would know those were positive. Um, uh-huh. but I was like, I don't know, mom. And, you That's know, here hysterical. they were our tests. So, yeah, we did a really good job keeping it a secret. Which wow. Was fun. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, were you like preparing your house and stuff for a baby? Like, you know, like crib and things uh, clothes um, how long did we wait till really. we started to we we didn't right away we hmm. no it took us a long time it just really it was such an amazing journey but a lot of fear um yeah, yeah. so we were due the beginning june 4th um or june 14th and i think we started the nursery in march like, or april i mean logically we waited. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but logically, we we know Jinx doesn't exist, but yeah, it was still very. We still respected the Jinx, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. So, I mean, I had a hard get- time like registering or, you know, any of that. I just was so. I really was scared, and again, that had nothing to do with surrogacy. It was just having gone through everything we went through. It was really hard to get super yeah. excited. Well, it's like you, you, you're climbing a lot of mountains and you can't see what's on the other side. You just can't. And you hope it's not another mountain. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yes. You know? Um, so, okay. So you go to the 20 week ultrasound. Um, did you find out if you're having a boy or girl at that point or did you wait? 
We found out at about 12 weeks. Um, oh. Yeah. So they already knew the gender of our embryo. Um, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. But we didn't find out before we transferred. And then we found out on Dave's birthday again at oh, cool. a restaurant when we were drinking wine and we opened up a blue quilt. Um, so oh. I had to explain again. I'm not uh-huh. expecting. <laughs> um, so yeah, we had a lot of those moments. Um, but yeah, so we knew that he was a boy and oh, again, the nerves walking into the 20 week appointment and just praying that everything was okay. And yeah. you know, you're just, you're literally holding your breath. Um, really the whole appointment. So yeah. but that was awesome. It was the first time we had seen him live, you know, and yeah, he's moving around at uh, that point. Yes. It was and so there's amazing. Ac- there's activity. I just, you just, you start, I think at that appointment, you start to th- like think about personality. Yes. You know, are, are they busy? Are they, are they timid? Are they going to be moving around a lot? Are they kind of quiet? You, yes. you start like kind of which is all like hocus pocus because like our daughter <laughs> was super active in in Giovanna's you know belly and and then she was like really calm. She's a very calm baby. Yeah. So Giovanna kept saying like, "You're in for it now. You're, you're like this baby's gonna be crazy because <laughs> she wasn't sleeping at night. Poor our poor surrogate. But yeah, that's funny. Ours was, was like completely so opposite because I read on my <laughs> blog that. The ultrasound tech said, he's so cooperative. And so I wrote, <laughs> he's going to be the most cooperative little boy ever, you know, and uh, <laughs> he's a little he's, naughty, <laughs> Yeah, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you go to the 20 week, you start like that. There's more magic that happens because like seeing them and you can see, kind of see their face at that point, yeah. um, which is so cool. Um, and then you're just waiting for delivery, right? Yeah, we actually had um, Amy and Robbie come to our home at 28 weeks and we had a meet our heroes party. And so we invited our, you know, both of our families came and a bunch of our close friends. Uh, There were probably like 40 to 50 people. And we just like, I wanted to show off my bump, you know, and Mm -hmm. um, just have people meet our heroes. And so that there were a lot of tears at that party, you know, a lot of people Mm. like finally meeting um, the two heroes that changed our lives and changed our family's life, you know. So they had thought so highly of Robbie and Amy and then they finally got to meet them. So lots of emotion at that party. Um, Do you remember your parents meeting them? Dave, do you? (laughs) Yeah, I I just remember my mom, like, you know, thanking Amy and Robbie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, from the bottom of her heart, she was just so, um, I mean, you know, like, like myself, couldn't find the words exactly that would, that would be deemed appropriate or, or big enough, but she, yeah, yeah, you know, I, my dad was sick with Alzheimer's in a facility and we, uh, I was very close with my dad and when mm. we went in and trying to remember, was it, uh, what date was it, honey, that we, like, was, was it around my birthday after we found out? We or told did him, house... yeah, we told your dad, um, when we were probably about 11 weeks, we had an ultrasound picture printed off and, yeah. um, went to the facility and 
Yeah. That was my hard. dad was pretty, he was very far progressed at yeah. that point with his disease. And it, so it, he sat and it didn't really register right at first, but then when it did, I mean, he just, I actually have it on video and he, he was so excited and so happy. And he, you know, dreamt wow. of the day that I'd be a dad. And, and I mm-hmm. got to tell him that I was going to have a little boy and they just, it was almost like, um, like he, he, you could see the sense of like accomplishment that he was, he was able to have a, a big accomplishment, uh, in light of having no, you know, no control anymore in his life of having anything, you know, wow. I don't know. It was like a moment of clarity between him yeah. and I where where he really, really understood and, and, and he was just so happy and so proud. So it was, it was really mm-hmm. special. And That's then, beautiful. Yeah. And then to be able to, tell him the day that he was born or not the day, but it was like a week after. And we were, yeah. we were nervous about bringing him in right away with, you know, Oh yeah. Needing to keep him safe and, and everything. But I got to go in and tell him. And, you know, at that point he had kind of forgotten that yeah. I, I had a son coming. So I refreshed him on it. And again, he kind of sat and then his head just, he just like sat back in his chair, like looking up at the, <laughs> looking up in the air. And I have that on video too. And he, he just, just so excited that I, you know, that I was a dad and he, he just, I don't know. It was, it was so special. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's like everything he wanted and his dad passed away when Brigham was just five weeks. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he hung on to, to see us become parents, you know? Yeah. Awesome. It's beautiful beautiful and you, you just never know like what like the timing of all this and mm-hmm. and and how many people it really does affect like you said like your family's getting to have more love in their lives because mm-hmm. your surrogate's doing this and you and you guys are doing this yep um okay so you you have your party is the next thing then the delivery um one other thing we did when we oh, had yeah. our party, we did like a boutique ultrasound. And so that was the very first time I got a feel Brigham kick. So we went oh. in and did an ultrasound and, you know, again, Nebraska. So nobody's ever been in there as a surrogate. And hmm. the lady was so excited. They were so great with us. And um, so we were scanning. He was really sleepy that day, but we could really see because we were only there to see him. And um, Amy asked if I wanted to put my hand on her stomach and feel him kick. And it was the first time that like, I still remember that little like kick, you know, and it was so awesome. So that was like one of the best days of our lives. So awesome. Wow. Okay. So, um, do you so at that point? Let's see, you're 28 weeks, so you're 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 starting the process of getting the nursery ready, and and you're you're really kind of getting to delivery. Um, can we talk about like what delivery was like? Obviously, mm-hmm. you're you kind of have to pack up and go to Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Um, since we live eight and a half hours away, it was really difficult to decide what to do at the end. Um, mm-hmm. We were planning to induce it. 39 weeks, but what if he came early and what if we missed the birth? And that was, yeah, that was really hard. Um, 
I think especially for me, because it was so important for me to have skin to skin and be the first touch. And um, I just felt like so much had been taken away from me that I was going to do skin to skin. And so we really struggled with when to go. So we went um, at probably about 37 and a half weeks. And then um, he was born at 38 and a half weeks. So we were really happy we went early. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So what happened? Can we talk about the delivery? I mean, that's like... Yes. That's like one, at least one, if not the best part of the whole thing yeah. is delivery day. So what happened? What was this? What's the story? So we had just left Amy and Robbie's house um, on Saturday night. We had a little barbecue with their family and um, Dave and I were staying in a hotel and um, Amy and I kept kind of <laughs> doing things, hopefully to induce labor, like getting a pedicure, just kind of a bunch of like <laughs> wives tales, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, they say that if a storm comes in, that can um, cause you to go into labor. And this storm came in from out of nowhere. We were all outside and they're beautiful on their beautiful land. And this storm comes in. And um, so the guys are outside watching the storm. Amy and I are in with the kids and Um, we tell them goodbye. And I said to her, I hope you don't call me tonight because we really want one more night of sleep. She's like, don't (laughs) worry, I won't call you. (laughs) So we drive back to the hotel. um, And Dave and I both took nighttime medication (laughs) so we could sleep and have a great night of sleep. And (laughs) we had just fallen asleep. And my phone rings and Amy never calls. And it said, Amy, And I answered, and in the calmest voice ever, she says, my water just broke. And um, I yelled at Dave, and we threw the lights on. We had to pack up all of our stuff from the hotel. We're Uh throwing stuff on. I mean, we, like, literally ran out of that hotel so fast. Um, (laughs) And and the front desk guy, you know, we had just got there about an hour and a half before. He's like, is everything okay? I'm like, we're having a baby. (laughs) So um, we took off and went to the hospital as fast as we could. We actually beat Robbie and Amy to the hospital. Um, And so I went to the front desk and said, where do you go if you're having a baby? And they just kind of looked at me really like, you're in labor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, we got in and we got checked in and Amy's, uh, both of her previous births were really fast. So we knew it was going to be quick and we'd probably yeah. meet our baby within the next hour or two, which was wow. not the oh case. Oh my gosh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we all sat there for quite a while. Um, Dave did a little video and we all did guesses of when he was going to be born. Um, and this was at around midnight and he wasn't born until 6.53 in the morning. So wow. it was a long night. Yeah. And you're on... Uh... You're on like sleep medication. Did you fall yeah. asleep? Uh, well, we were asleep when she called, but then there's so much adrenaline that it's yeah. just, you're, you're not even tired, you know? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. So what can, can you talk about the birth? What yeah. was the birth like? So, um, luckily my friend, Nancy, who I talked about previously had mm-hmm. warned me that there was going to be a lot of guilt. And I'm so glad somebody warned me about that because like, I don't even think you can prepare somebody for how much guilt they're going to feel when they're watching that. Um, Amy was natural, so she didn't do an epidural, bless her heart. And, um, and I know for Dave too, it was just, it was 
it was really hard watching her be in pain for us, like solely for us and our family. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, those contractions. I mean, it was just all I could think was I should be there. She should be here comforting me. I should be the one in pain right now, not her. And here she is in pain so we can become a mom and dad. And that was a really, really tough moment. Do you, you're, I mean, you're both really close to Robbie. Do you remember what he was doing at the time? Yeah, Robbie was coaching her and, yeah. um, you know, the birth didn't go as expected and it didn't go like their first two births did. So it was actually pretty scary. Um, our baby was sunny side up, so he was face up and mm-hmm. we didn't know that. So as much as she pushed, he did not want to come out. And, mm-hmm. um, so it was hard to look at the look of fear on Robbie's face and, <laughs> Amy's face, you know, all of it was just, (laughs) we didn't know what was going on. So that was tough. But Robbie was a huge champ. And um, I remember the nurses, the nurses became so involved in our story in those few hours. And um, they were so compassionate and so nice and so helpful. But they were so good at coaching Amy on. And I know Dave was a really good coach and Robbie, but I really like, I just remember sitting there with just tears just falling down my face because I did feel so much guilt that she was in pain. Yeah. And you're so excited. Yeah. <laughs> just a, a huge mix of emotions. It's I I don't like I don't think there are very many other times in your life where you feel so many emotions at once. Mm-hmm. It's like the sheer number of emotions that are like coursing through you during that time. It's kind of like hard to describe. Yeah. You know, there's so many fertility women that said like, until my baby was in my arms, I didn't believe it. And that was so true for me too. Mm. So even those last minutes, I felt guilty. I felt sad for Amy, but I felt so scared that like we had made it that far and we weren't going to get our baby. And so it was just such a scary moment. Yeah, it 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 almost didn't become as real as it, what it was until we that our phone rang in our hotel at midnight and we scrambled that oh my gosh, she's really going <laughs> to like it, it, we're really not going to wait 6 years of pregnancy. <laughs> like she's <laughs> she's really going to actually give birth here and it, I yeah, and then even but even when we were in that delivery room, it wasn't until until he came out that I really believed. I don't know. It, it you can't describe it. Like obviously we knew that knew that I was going to be a dad, but I just didn't it it didn't become real until right when he came out. I mean, you both must have like like just to protect your heart in some way, like must have there, like internally there must have been something going on that wasn't letting you get too emotionally invested mm-hmm. because of the fear of just being so devastated again. Yeah. You know, I can't, I, I imagine like, yeah. Like the just, fear of yeah. Loss. Yeah. 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 And I, for me, the first moment that I like truly believed that, we were having a baby. The doctor said, oh my gosh, he has so much dark black hair, which is exactly what I had. And I remember thinking, mm. 
oh my gosh, it, it's a baby. It's our baby. You know, he wasn't yeah. even, he wasn't even out yet. And it was the first <laughs> moment that I was like, this is going to happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So then uh, he, yeah. So, um, he came out and, um, we had scheduled a birth photographer, but since this happened in the middle of the night, we didn't have that. And so one of the nurses recorded the entire thing, which was amazing. She stood up wow. on a chair and recorded it and took photos. And those are a hundred percent my favorite photos ever. Um, yeah. he came out and I had told the nurse or the doctor at our last appointment that it was, like I said before, really important for me to have the first touch. And so the doctor was so like, they just nonchalantly and so kindly put a blanket over Amy's stomach um, because I wanted him to touch me. And so he came out and they put him on that blanket. Um, and, you know, Dave got to cut the cord, mm-hmm. which was awesome. And then the doctor lifted him up. She like lifted him up like he was on display and told me to sit down. And I sat down and she just came and put him on my chest. And I couldn't see him, um, but I could feel him. And he was just, it was like this warm, just this whole warm feeling. Um, just really like the best moment and looking at Dave and the happiness in both of our eyes and just all of that was, you know, finally worth it. And he was finally here and we were finally parents. did it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i didn't like even anticipate uh, like i'm definitely a crier and i'm an emotional guy but uh i didn't anticipate like that i was really gonna cry but when you get to meet that little that little person that is you know an embodiment of you and you and your partner and it's it's unbelievable and so it's I mean, you feel the whole world change. Like, yeah, instantly. Your whole world like, changes immediately. Yeah. Everything changes. I mean, your priorities, your uh, so many things all at once. And I mean, but. And it's so just, much bigger, like you said, than the words, but you totally feel, you can feel how big it is, which is the crazy thing. You can't yeah. say it, but you can yeah. feel like this like huge monumental thing. Yeah. Yeah, you suddenly feel a whole nother deeper purpose for life than, you know, and and again, not that those that don't have children aren't filled or that don't want to aren't fulfilling their great purpose. Just that when that is a purpose of yours, uh, you don't even realize it until it's it's there and how how cool it is. So. Mm -hmm. And it's like it just all finally makes sense, you know, all of the hurt. All of the failures and the disappointment just finally make sense because this is our baby and he was yeah. meant to be our baby the whole time. Yeah. And seeing Amy's face and like, <laughs> oh man, like, like when she, she looked over at, I looked over at us and I told her thank you. And I just kept mm-hmm. saying it over and over again. And, and you could just see that sense of accomplishment on her face and Robbie's too. And, I mean, I don't know. And I remember like, just to be raw about it, it was, I was a little nervous about, 
sounds really like superficial, but I was nervous about being in the room when he when he came out and like if that made her uncomfortable, you know, yeah. or made Robbie uncomfortable. And yeah. obviously I stood behind the bed and, you know, to preserve sure. privacy and everything, but it didn't even matter in those moments. It wasn't ever like, yeah, it just all felt like we're there. We're all there for a common purpose. And Robbie is just, he was such a champ with her and us and everything. I just couldn't, I don't know. He, it was us all very, very, uh, very, very intimate. comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so intimate in that feel in that moment, but you know, even leading up to that, you're becoming so close. And then that's the minute, the moment that kind of finalizes all of it. It's so intimate. you you don't experience this with anyone else in your life. And so it just makes that friendship even stronger. You know, they yeah. got to watch the birth of our child and, they helped us bring him here. And mm-hmm. that moment really just <laughs> made all of us even so much closer. I feel like they're our brother and sister. And yeah, it's just, it's the greatest feeling ever. Mm-hmm. Ashley, when you were holding your son for the first time, um, do you did you have a sense of like, like how much had happened to this point or was it totally just like, like indescribable? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, did you care, were you carrying that in the room or did it, how did you process like all of the, the hurt that you'd been through or were you processing it at all in that moment? Um, I feel like I was still processing it. Um, I mean, especially in the delivery. And then when he was on my chest, I just felt like finally, You know, he's, I'm finally a mom and he's here and it did. It just finally made sense. What was the first day with him? Like, do you, do you remember like the hospital and kind (laughs) of the first day, like, like the next day or that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you the the time in the hospital, like it's your first moment says that's like, when you're in the hospital, that's your first time (laughs) as actually being parents. Like, what was it like? (laughs) So go ahead. You know, we were so far away from family. So it was just Dave and I. So that was really different than what we ever envisioned. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember when we were trying to have a baby saying none of our parents are allowed to come until the baby's here. Nobody's in the delivery room, (laughs) you know, and then here we are like all by ourselves. But it was, you know, really special. We just kept taking turns, um, doing skin on skin. And it was just us. And um, Amy and Robbie brought their kids up. So they got to hold the baby. Mm -hmm. And um, that was really special. And Robbie's parents came up to the hospital, which was great to, you know, have some family up there. But um, yeah, yeah, just it was really, really, it was, it was so spectacular. But it was also like the end of a chapter of, of that journey with Amy and Robbie, in a sense, Um, and that last day and Amy was there and Robbie, I think he, I think he had to, I think he went to, I don't know if he went to work, but he wasn't there for like part of the day or something. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, so Amy was kind of alone in a room resting and I, I could just feel like, uh, like her, like happiness, but at the same time, probably like, like this is over too. And like, we, uh, I don't know, 
it was it was kind of it was kind of funny to you know we we were excited to get to get back home but kind of sad to have that journey end in yeah. a way mm-hmm. too which is weird but it's just that's what i felt though yeah it's all we ever wanted was to finally have our baby but from the second that we did decide to do surrogacy that journey was so incredible and just constant highs that then it definitely wasn't over because obviously we had a son, but it was just different. Yeah. Well, it's like a, like a running a marathon. It's like, yeah. it's you do, you prepare, you prepare, you prepare, and then you do yeah. it and then it's over. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that part is totally, it was, it's done, mm-hmm. you know? Um, do you remember what it was like to leave the hospital? Um, and, <laughs> Did, and, and then uh, how long did you stay um, in Wisconsin? We left the hospital. Um, Brigham was 30 hours old mm-hmm. when we left the hospital. And we got in the car and had a 10-hour drive home, uh, wow. which was really interesting. Um, but so I you, remember... you like, said goodbye to Amy and Robbie yep. and you were like, here, we're, we're out of here. Yeah. We were just so excited to see our family and our friends yeah, and our course. house yeah. and our puppy. You know, we just wanted to be home. Um, and so, yeah, I remember getting in the car, you know, and they're so small in the car seat. And I rode in the back yeah. because yeah. that's a really long drive home. And just seeing, I just stared at him, his little cheeks. I'll never forget his little cheeks just bouncing in the car (laughs) just bounce bounce you know and Uh just you're driving probably way slower than everybody else um forever on the drive home but it was just it was so fun it was such an amazing experience and gosh like every time you stopped you were like okay what's the cleanest play you know you're like well i don't want any germs from anything ever yes so where am i gonna stop Oh, and I had him like bundled up so much in June, you know, looking back (laughs) um, (laughs) that he got this crazy rash and we called Mm. our pediatrician and they told us to go to the nearest hospital and we were in the middle of Iowa. So Uh I refused. And um, then the pediatrician called back. He's like, oh, it's normal. It's fine. But maybe take a layer off. (laughs) That's just a side note. But that was kind of funny. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. When did you... When did you finally just feel like, okay, we're at home with our kid and like, this is how it's supposed to be. Like, did you get to a point where it was just like, we're okay. We're feeling good. Yeah. Probably just, you know, being home and being a family of three and just, I mean, it was, it really was like everything we wanted and hoped for. And we were still talking to Amy every day and, you know, trying to keep yeah. her involved and sending her pictures. And I, um, I'm a super empathetic person. And so I just kept thinking about what she was feeling. And I remember texting her and asking her, you know, are you sad? Are you having a hard time? Do you feel like you have postpartum? And she said, no, I just feel like I'm on cloud nine. I can't stop thinking about how amazing that felt. And wow. she really, it made me feel better to know she was so happy. Wow. Wow. You know, when doing this podcast, like part of it is being able to talk and share your story with other people who are going through things that are similar to what you're going through. 
Um, what what do you say to other parents who are in similar places that you're in right now or that you've have been in? Um, like what 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 do you say to them? Because I know you talk to them. You have your blog, <clears throat> and you have like yeah. obviously friends and people that you're in a network with now. Yeah. Um, I always wondered how I would feel about being a mom since I didn't get to carry him. And it just, it has zero bearing on my (laughs) relationship with him or how we are. Um, I mean, yes, we're going to tell him someday and we're going to explain all of that, but I don't think it's ever going to feel weird to him. Like I'm his mom and David's his dad and, um, you know, Amy and Robbie are coming up in a couple weeks and, you know, yeah. like we're, yeah. we're super excited about that, but like we're his parents, you know? So yeah. no matter what you, your baby needs you and that's what you can have, you know, no matter that's how you truth. get there. Yep. Yeah. And, um, just another thing I want, I would want to tell somebody is that, I mean, I feel like I can still remember exactly the pain and the hurt in the dark days. And um, it's hard to tell anyone that they will end up, you just like, you don't know how your journey is going to end. Um, I do believe yeah. that if, if you kind of change your mindset and realize that you want to be a mom or a dad, that there is a way that you can be a mom or a dad, you know, it, maybe it's not through surrogacy, but you can get there. And like I said before, the moment, not the moment, but once we decided to, to do the surrogacy journey, um, everything was just, it was so amazing. Like surrogacy truly took like all the deepest, darkest parts of our journey and all of the broken pieces. And it's like, it just put everything back together and put us back together. Um, and just, you know, made everything feel whole again, made us feel whole again, gave our family hope um, and made us become parents. So it was so, so, so worth it. Thank you for listening to the second season of Hope Works. We are honored to share these surrogacy stories with you each and every episode. If you've missed an episode from this season or from our first season, check them out at hopesurrogacy.com slash podcast or on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you don't miss season three. We have so many people to thank for helping us make this season of Hope Works. A huge thank you first to Ashley and Dave for helping us make this episode. You've used your experience over and over and over again to encourage parents and surrogates across the country. And as a fellow parent, I'm just totally inspired by the love you have for your little boy and by the journey you're on to hopefully have another one on the way soon. I'd also love to thank all the people who shared their story this season. Annie, Eric, Kieran, Kumar, Francois, Jerome, Amy, Laura, Chad, Michael, Margaret, and Eric. 
You've made this season so incredible by sharing your surrogacy stories, and we just cannot thank you enough. We'd also love to give a big thank you to Seed Trust, who's helped make this season possible. Seed Trust provides dependable escrow services for surrogates, intended parents, and egg donors. During your surrogacy journey, you've got to have a solid plan for your finances. As a parent who's had two babies through surrogacy, believe me, I know. At Seed Trust, you'll find quality managers you can count on and a secure online platform that's accessible, transparent, and reliable. SeedTrustEscrow.com. On time, online, worry free. That's SeedTrustEscrow.com. Finally, if you're listening right now and you're interested in finding out more about becoming a surrogate, you can do it. You can absolutely make a difference in the life of a family. Come chat with us at HopeSurrogacy.com and learn more about the incredible journey and connect with us. You can find stories on the blog, leave us a message on our contact page, or come say hello on Instagram and Facebook. Just search at Hope Surrogacy. Thank you for listening to this season and to every episode of Hope Works. On behalf of all of us at Hope, Mary, Leanne, Amy, and myself, we can't wait to hear from you and to talk about how hope works.